Genitals have their own lives, his beloved Nina had said at the close of an argument over whether even the most besotted husband could be trusted 100% faced with the permanent sexual temptations the world provided. It was the kind of conversation that went with the early days of a marriage, of their marriage. He had been rebutting her silly but fiendish thought experiments and had gotten tired of the game. She was a genius at imagining inescapable sex traps. There could be a nun suffering from hysterical blindness that would probably become permanent unless she received a sacrificial screw from somebody's husband, alas. He looked around. Good thing there were no nuns on the plane, at least none in costume. When you're traveling, you're nothing until you land, which is what's good about it, Ned thought. Chapter 2 Nina riding in furious pursuit, felt like bucking in her seat to make the plane go faster through the night. She was still enraged. She felt like a baby. She thought, you are a baby. No, he is, he is, my lamb. Maybe the matronly, pleasant-seeming woman sitting next to her was wise. She was old enough to be. Anything was possible. And it might not hurt to talk to an adult other than my incessant mother, she thought. She had to call her mother when they landed, first thing. It's just that she won't shut up about my pregnancy, she thought. Her attempted pregnancy was what she meant. She regretted telling her mother about it. I love my mother, she wanted to tell the woman next to her. It was just that her mother was overflowing with pregnancy lore that had nothing to do with reality. She'd been unkind when her mother said, you smell differently when you're pregnant, because she'd said in response, oh really? How do you smell then, with your uterus? All her mother had been trying to say was that there was a change in the odor a woman's body gives off during pregnancy. But then her mother regularly declared that there was a mystical, subtle body inside, or surrounding, or emanating from every human being, and that if you could see it, it told you something. It told you about the essence of a person, their secrets, for example, It was all about attending closely enough to see them. They varied in color and brightness. Her mother claimed she could see them, faintly. She wanted Nina not to be oblivious to the subtle bodies of the people she met. That would protect her from deceivers, whoever they might be. Ma suggested Ned be on the qui vive also. Dinner, as they called it, was done with. She seemed to have twisted her napkin into a rope, and she wondered if her seatmate had noticed. The woman wasn't being especially friendly to her. Usually, the people she happened to sit next to were. Yes, she was enraged at Ned, but also felt sorry for him. May God help you, my lad, my Ned, she thought. He would be dumbfounded when he realized she had sprung after him. Done it, like that like a savage beast dropping everything herself, the same as he had, like a child, an adolescent, a child. He had never seen her truly furious, never once in three years of marriage. He had seen her agitated, and he had seen her annoyed, but never this. I am war, she thought. No question he deserved tenderness, which he got, On her own, she had quit referring to his beloved clique of college friends as clowns. He hadn't asked her to, but the term had stung him, a little. 
and this despite the fact that they had been clowns Mankay, a troop, goofing on the world under the baton of their maestro Douglas. She had to control herself. She needed to be calm and alkaline. She thought, I wonder if he thinks I love taking Clomid and standing on my head après sex, with him holding my feet in the air. He had left her a barely readable note. Twice since leaving he'd called her, and each time she'd answered, I am not answering this phone.